If you have your Bibles tonight, turn with me, please, to the book of St. Matthew, St. Matthew's Gospel. And I'm coming to you this week from a hotel room here in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Angie and I have just went out on our first uh, tour of the year. We started out uh, Saturday in South Bend, Indiana. We got to tour that great Notre Dame campus. And of course, I've been there many times. That's a, it's an awesome place. And uh, we toured the campus and we went around and talked to some folks. And then Sunday morning, we were at that church that Lester Summerall started, that great congregation there in South Bend, Christian Center, Cathedral of Praise, pastored by Mark Lance. Great message on prayer that morning. And then Sunday night, we traveled to Fort Wayne, Indiana for a stop on the Winter Jam Tour. And I want to tell you, Winter Jam this year is a powerful show. If you live anywhere near one, if you're anywhere close whatsoever, you need to go and check it out. Great music. Uh, the Lord was wonderful to us. Uh, I got a chance in the pastor's room to visit with Matthew West, a favorite of mine, Toby Mack, Jamie Grace. Uh, they're all just tremendous vision for the Lord Jesus Christ was represented there that night. The Sidewalk Prophets were there. OBB was there. Royal Taylor. Um, Red, New Song, I know I'm missing somebody and I don't mean to, but it was a great show and they have several more stops. Uh, I think there's like 30 more stops or 35 more stops on the tour, so if they come to a city near you, you will want to participate in Winter Jam 2013 because it's fabulous. One thing that the Lord did there um, uh, on, on our stop in Fort Wayne, one of the reasons we went there, uh, we are having a sale auction type of thing for Hurricane Sandy relief, and I had gone there to obtain signatures on a guitar. Uh, the Sidewalk Prophets told me they would sign it, and uh, of course I could not get that guitar in time for the show. So I was a little bit disappointed. I thought, well, we're not going to have anything for them to sign. And we were walking through the bookstore at Lester Summerall's church, and my wife spotted a genuine leather burgundy New King James Version slimline Bible. And she said, I wonder if they would sign this. And it was just like the Lord used my wife, and the light came on. And I said, yeah, you know, Dave said he would sign, so I'm sure that they will. And so <clears throat> we bought that Bible, took it to Winter Jam, and the Sidewalk Prophets have all signed it, OBB signed it, and we're going to be auctioning that or selling that uh, to go to hurricane relief efforts. So praise the Lord, that came to pass just as the Lord said it would, and it was a great, <coughs> excuse me, great evening. Uh, we were sitting in church Sunday morning at Lester Summerall's church. Pastor Mark Lance was preaching on prayer. And I carried in with me that day this New Spirit-Filled Life Bible. It's a New King James Version. I use this quite often. I love the kingdom dynamics and the word wealth and the little articles that are in it. And one thing caught my eye as he was talking about prayer that morning. You know, we're living in a time <coughs> excuse me, of tremendous fear, tremendous uncertainty. I think if two words could possibly caricature this generation, this time that we're living in in the earth, those words might possibly be uncertainty and fear. Fear and uncertainty. 
what does tomorrow hold? What is going to happen? What's going to happen with the economy? What's going to happen with the gas prices? What's going to happen in the Middle East? And then it gets closer to home for some of us. What's going to happen to my family? What's going to happen to my spouse? What's going to happen to my children? And if we look at this in the natural, fear can overcome and overwhelm our hearts and lives. And that's what the Lord does not want. Irrespective as to what we may be going through, whether it's good or bad, the Lord does not want us overrun with fear. And he's given us many statements in the Word of God that help us to combat these type of things. I want you to look at Matthew 6.25. We're going to start there. And I want to talk to you a little bit today about worry. And I want to, I want to focus this message not just on worry in general, but worry as it pertains to your home and, and your finances and how you're going to make it. And how are we going to be able to make ends meet? These type of issues as we enter into this critical time. Okay, so let's read from Matthew 6.25. Here's what Jesus said. Now these are the words of Jesus. He's our master. He's our Lord. He's our commander-in-chief. And here, he's the God that created the universe, people. We're not talking about a God who is far removed from our needs. We're not talking about some God that's in name only, that some, some deity out there that we cannot reach. This is the God that created the universe that is actively involved in our daily lives. And He loves us and cares for us so much so that He went to the cross. Jesus went to the cross to shed His life's blood that you and I might be saved and make heaven our home for eternity. Praise God. But we don't have to wait till we get to heaven to experience Jesus' abundant life. He said, I am come that you might have abundant life. The devil has come. John 10 and 10 says, the thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. Now that's what Satan wants to do. He steals, he kills, and he destroys. But Jesus said, I am come, hallelujah, that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So you see what we have here is we have a promise from God that while we live in this world, and notice he didn't take into account if circumstances permit. He didn't take into account who was in the White House. He didn't take into account what was happening on the world stage around about us. He said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So we have his promise, we have his word, God's not a liar, we have his word that he has come to bring us abundant life. That doesn't necessarily mean riches and fame. It doesn't necessarily mean Cadillacs and Mercedes Benz and mink fur coats and diamond rings, but it does mean abundant life. Now abundant life is something that starts, I'm not preaching on abundant life, but this is the way we're going, Abundant life is not even really money. Abundant life deals with these issues. Peace. Fulfillment. Contentment. Joy. Security. Comfort. You see, comfort in the sense of the inner man. Not comfort and ease in the outward. But comfort in the inner man that we're walking with Jesus. We're walking with Christ. So Jesus came. He promised this 
for his followers, for believers, everywhere. This will work in Africa. It will work in America. It will work in, in, in China. It will work anywhere on the earth, the inner man. You see, they can do much. The enemy can do much to our outer self, our outer person. This here, what you see, uh, the, the, the enemy of our soul can attack. The, the governments of the world who are oppressive can imprison Christians. They can restrain our physical body. They can restrain our activities, but they can't touch our inner man. Hallelujah. These forces that Jesus Christ promised us on the inside of us, no one can take it away. You can't take my peace if I don't give it up. You can't take my joy if I don't lay it down. You can't take my stability and my security in Christ. You cannot take the comfort of Jesus away from my soul if I don't turn it over to you, see? And so these are critical issues for the last days. They're going to become extremely critical for the days that you and I are living in. Let's read Matthew 6.25. Here's what the Bible says. Therefore, this is Jesus, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. Let's, let's say that again. Jesus said it plainly here in Matthew 6 and 25. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. Well, Brother Paxton, that's hard to do. I know it. It is. It's hard for all of us, okay? But nonetheless, that's what he said. He said, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food? And is not the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather in the barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. I mean, look at the birds out here. I'm up on the sixth floor here in Columbus, Ohio. And I haven't really seen any birds. Of course, it is cold out there. It's about two degrees today. But the birds, the Father provides food for them all along the way. Now, they're very busy. Birds are busy little creatures. I've sat many times over at my mother's, and I've watched the birds flying back and forth from her bird feeders. They're extremely busy, but God has provided food for them. They don't want. There's, there's little buds on the trees that have seeds left in them from the good weather. There's food in people's bird feeders. God uses you and I sometimes to provide for His creation. And so these birds aren't worried. They're not flying through the air worried about where they're going to get that meal. And this is you and I. Uh, in the world in which we live today, it's a very busy world. It's a busy place. We live a hectic lifestyle. The one thing that technology has done, there's a lot of good. You know, don't get me wrong. I love my computers, okay, and I love my digital things. You know, all this stuff that we have is very good in many ways. But one thing it has done has increased the pace of our lives. And so as we go around in that busyness, as we go around in that activity, we shouldn't go around worrying about where that next meal is going to come from. 
we should, you know, and, and do you know where it's coming from? Not necessarily, but we know the God who provides it, see. And this is the point that the Lord is trying to make. It says, um, are you not of more value than the birds? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Praise God. If you've ever stood, I don't know, in, in, anywhere in the United States or around the world, and you've looked at a beautiful meadow lined with wildflowers, it's one of the most beautiful sights that you'll ever see in all of your life. And the Bible says that even the great King Solomon was not as pretty as that. With all of his riches, with all of his wealth, anything that money could buy, he wasn't as pretty as those birds and those flowers in the field that God has provided for. So you see, there we have it in a nutshell. Now if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. And I was sitting there, uh, as I started to tell you a while ago, in service Sunday morning in South Bend, Indiana. Pastor Mark Lance was preaching on, a, on prayer. And the Lord drew my attention to this kingdom dynamic in my Bible. And here's what it says. These words that I just read to you, and I didn't finish the entire scripture reading. We're going to come back to the last two verses at the end. These words of Jesus teach us how to live in uncertain financial times without stress and without fear. Financial fear is, first of all, ladies and gentlemen, according to verse 25, unreasonable. It's unreasonable to fear over our material lives because we're not to become distracted from the substantial issues of life over less important matters like what we will eat and what we will wear. You know, I can be just as happy in a, in a suit of clothes with a nice tie, some shiny dress shoes, or a pair of blue jeans, a pair of sneakers, and a t-shirt. Because I'm still me either which way I look. And I think one of the problems we've run into in the American culture, in the American church not being exempt from this, is this keeping up with the Jones mentality. You know, we, we, I, I, nothing's worse than a preacher's having a competition over who has the nicest and most expensive suit of clothes. It's disgusting, really. And yet we see it all the time. We see people uh, who belittle others for shopping at Walmart or whatever. I shop at Walmart all, all the time, you know. Um, it's just these type of mentalities and attitudes that God makes no provision for in His Word. My life is more important and my body is more important than the clothes I put on it or the food that I put in it. And this is what the Lord's trying to bring out. So it is, first of all, <clears throat> unreasonable to worry and stress out over material things in the day and age in which we live. Secondly, according to verse 26, it's unnatural 
for us to live in worry and fear because we're, we're the only creation that God has created. I mean, God created all the birds, all the flowers, all the dogs, all the cats, all the animals, all the trees. This beautiful creation, we're the only one that worries. We're the, the human race is the only one who has that capacity, that ability to worry and fret and stress over our daily lives. God provides for those birds he created, and we're more valuable than they are. We are outside of God's natural design when we worry. So not only is it unreasonable, it's also unnatural. And thirdly, verse 27 shows us that it's unhelpful. It is not helpful to worry. Worry and fear do not produce anything worthwhile. Think about it. Fourthly, we find it is unnecessary. God provides for his own, and he promises to take care of our needs. What you and I have to settle, beloved, in our hearts once and for all, is God is not a liar. Let me say that again. God is not a liar. He promises to meet our needs. He promises to provide for us so you can believe it. You can bank on it. You can take that promise to the spiritual bank, so to speak. So fear and worry over finances in the last days is unreasonable. It's unnatural. It's unhelpful. And it's unnecessary. And fifthly, it is unbelieving. We are acting. When, when, listen, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, when you and I are in worry and fear over our lives, we're acting like God doesn't even exist. You hear me? We are acting like God does not exist. When we worry, when we fret, when we're filled with care, the Bible says that we should be casting our care over onto Him because He cares for us. But when we pack that load of care, when we take that on to ourselves and begin to worry and begin to stress and begin to fret, we're acting like God does not exist. We are literally acting like Christian atheists at that moment. I know that's a conundrum. I know that's a redundancy. But we're acting like God does not exist anytime we live in financial fear because He has promised us to meet our needs. Our Heavenly Father knows our needs and He will provide. Now let's go to those last two verses here, and I want to show you uh, in closing. It says in verse 33, Matthew chapter 6, But seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Somebody asked me one time, why do I go to work? Why do I go do what I do? Why do I make money? Why do I do all of these things? Do I, do I do it to have a better lifestyle? Do I do it to, to, to climb a ladder of so-called success? No, I do it. I live to give. I work to give. I earn so that I can give. And that's the lifestyle I believe that the New Testament teaches. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. His righteousness. Seek God's way of doing things. Seek 
the way of the cross, which is to lay our lives down. Listen, if we're following the message of the cross like we say that we are, the message of the cross tells, teaches me to go to that altar of sacrifice and offer my, my life, my body, as a living sacrifice to the Lord. It teaches me to deny self and to pursue the will of God. That's what I ought to be doing. So you, I'll ask you here tonight, what place does that give worry in my life? If my life is offered to Him, if my life is on the altar of sacrifice, if, if my life is about dying to self, and I'm not talking about the legitimate self. I mean, we, we have to have some things to live, and God has promised, as we've seen, to provide those things for us. But I'm talking about my self-seeking, that self-aggrandizement that drives us so often. If I'm dead to that, if I'm in Christ, if my life is hidden with Christ in God, then what place does worry have anymore in me? There is not a place. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus Christ has liberated me from worry. And He has liberated you too. And what we've got to do is know it. And what we've got to do is act on it and believe that it's so. And we've got to acknowledge the existence of God just simply by believing His Word. It says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. What things? The things that Jesus was talking about. Food, raiment, you know, your clothing, a job, a home, a roof over your head. Hallelujah. All of these things. Ladies and gentlemen, the pathway of miracles is to first seek the kingdom of God. Putting, putting God's kingdom first is the first step, the very first step on your way your pathway to a miracle for your life. And God is so happy to do that for you. God is so pleased to bless your life. God is so much wanting to pour out His provision into you so that you can help others. Hey, I've had a good time here this week just sharing these few simple thoughts with you. If the program is a blessing to you, why don't you write to me? You can write to Lynn Paxton Post Office Box 5714, that's 5714, in Traverse City, Michigan, 49696. That zip code again is 49696. I'll be looking for your card for your letter. And God richly bless you is my sincere prayer for your life. Bye-bye. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother Paxton. We're out on our third official fall hike in 2012. Angie and I, we have a blast coming out and meeting folk and walking on these trails and walking up by the old buildings here at the old state hospital. These grounds are, have always fascinated me. I love it here and I love meeting people and sharing the gospel with them. I think that's the one thing that God has done in my heart in the last year. We've been through a major transition in our ministry and I think this last year God has put a fire within my soul to tell as many people about Jesus as I can in the time that I have left on this planet. And it's awesome. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, it says, Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss. I mean, that's, 
I count the house as loss. I, I count the cars as loss. I count the career as loss. All of my possessions are meaningless for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. In other words, my love attachment to those things has died because I'm in Christ. And my, the cry of my heart, the prayer of my life is, Lord, let your vision be my vision. Let your heart be my heart. And that heart is for people far greater than things or position, ministerial politics and positioning. The heart of God is for people, people that need a touch from the Lord Jesus Christ and what his shed blood can do in their lives. And it says, I've suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be close to the Lord, and I know there's nothing I can do to earn brownie points with Him, but I want to share in His heart so much that it's as if He and I were walking here side by side together through my life. And in reality, we are walking together through life. But I want that sensing of it to be so real in my heart and life. Verse 9 says, And be found in Him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know Him. Ladies and gentlemen, God has convinced me in my heart that the best way for me to get to know Him is to love the people that He's created. And that's what this ministry is all about. I'm glad that God has turned us inside out. I'm glad that God has begun to put us back together. And I'm excited about my future in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we want you to share in that excitement where your life is concerned. Reach out to somebody today. Get to really know Christ Jesus by reaching out in love to the people around you. God bless you, man. We'll see you a little farther on up the road. Bye-bye. Psalm 56. Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresseth me. Mine enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me, O Thou Most High. What time I am afraid, I will trust in Thee. In God I will praise His word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Every day they rest my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather themselves together. They hide themselves. They mark my steps when they wait for my soul. Shall they escape by iniquity and thine anger cast down the people, O God? Thou tellest my wanderings. Put thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? When I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back. This I know, for God is for me. In God will I praise his word. In the Lord will I praise his word. In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me.
Thy vows are upon me, O God. I will render praises unto thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death. Wilt not thou deliver my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living? 